0: Welcome to the Wannabe Minimalist Show, episode number 18. Today, we are looking at 10 ways to add simplicity to your life this year. If you struggle with stress, overwhelm, disorganization, or just want to breathe a little easier, then stay tuned to today's episode. Welcome to Wannabe Clutter-Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again, Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey, you wanna be minimalist friends? I'm your host, Deanna Yates, and today we are looking at how we can add simplicity to our busy lives. I don't know about you, but 2020 has been a tough and busy year already. I mean, it's only March, but I feel like everyone I've talked to or met this year struggled to get through January, and honestly, February was not much better. The high levels of overwhelm are so real today. And so I want to talk about how we can simplify our everyday lives so that we experience less stress and more calm. The following 10 ideas will help bring a sense of purpose and beauty to your life, but they are not miracle pills. You'll need to do some work because simplicity is not easy, but I do promise that it's worth it. Okay, so let's get back to today's episode and how to add simplicity to our lives. But let's start by looking at what simplicity is anyway. Now, I'm not trying to be deep and ask some big existential question. It's helpful if we have a common understanding of what we believe simplicity to be before we even start. Kind of like a common denominator, okay? So for some, simplicity might be living off the grid. You know, maybe some remote cabin in the woods or even a tiny home. Now, in this scenario, simplicity is more about autonomy and living on your own terms. For others, simplicity might be living in a nice home with little furnishings. These individuals often live by the motto of quality versus quantity. They prefer to have less, nicer things instead of a lot of things, and so they spend their money accordingly. Another group of people might think of simplicity as being frugal. This group often uses simplicity so that they can work less because if you can spend less money to live what you consider to be a good life, then you do not need to earn as much money in the first place and so you can work less. And then the last group, you know, for simplicity might be somebody that's eco-minded. This last group And the people that fall into this category really strive to use the fewest resources possible. They are often concerned with the environment and they want to do their part to protect Mother Earth. But you'll notice that simplicity is different for everyone. And that is the best part. If you're listening to this podcast right now, no matter where you live in the world, you are most likely living a decently comfortable life and you are able to make decisions and choose the kind of life you want to live so I challenge you to think about what simplicity means for you. You can still incorporate the 10 ideas we'll talk about today, but understanding why you want to simplify your life makes it much easier to add or often subtract things, obligations, and mindsets in your life and then align yourself with your true purpose. So what does simplicity mean for me? Well, I've thought about this quite a bit and simplicity for me is living a life of purpose. Doing things because I enjoy them and not because I feel obligated that I have to do them. It's being able to say yes more often because I intentionally leave space in our routines so that we can be spontaneous or just have room to breathe sometimes when we need to. It's being conscious of what I spend but still splurging sometimes because life is too short to live miserly. And it's also spending time with the people I love, the people that bring me joy, the family and the friends that make my life full. And lastly, simplicity for me is being able to do work that I enjoy. And that is why I love this podcast so much. It's why I love connecting with all of you is because it's work that I truly enjoy deep down and it fulfills me. And that is what simplicity means. The funny thing is, for most of us, it's pretty easy to overcomplicate our lives. We have to keep up with work responsibilities, stay connected and spend time with friends and family, make enough money to pay rent or our mortgage, as well as our monthly bills. We've gotta clean our homes and we've got to raise tiny human beings. In the midst of all of that are the mindsets that hold us back, obligate us to things we hate and generally cause us to overwhelm ourselves with negative thoughts. And that is why simplicity is so important in our modern world. But there's just one thing, Simple does not mean the same thing as easy. It's easy to just say yes to someone else instead of having to have a tough conversation. It's easiest to sometimes just bury your head in the sand and not face an issue. It's easier sometimes to keep on the same path and not rock the boat. But that will not serve you, my friend. Now that's not to say that you should be a self-centered jerk who only thinks of themselves. We need to remember to approach our lives with grace, Be kind to your friends and family while still respecting yourself enough to stand up for what you believe in and what you need for your own sanity. Be willing to look at your choices in a new light. And as you add simplicity to your life, you will give yourself some breathing room and space to look around and confirm that you are being your best self and that you're bringing your best self to the table every day. Does that sound good? then let's get to it here are 10 ways to add simplicity to your life this year number one breathe right now take a deep breath it's one of the best things you can do i'm really starting basic here but oxygen is something that we cannot live without the problem is that most of us rarely take a moment to fill our lungs deep down With this life giving element. It always surprises me how just sitting still for 30 seconds and taking a few deep breaths really does clear my head. It lowers my stress and it helps me see clearer. I use the app on my um, Apple Watch. There's a little breathe app there. So if you have an Apple Watch, I highly recommend that you activate it at least once a day. And it will give you a one minute timer to just sit and breathe and it is amazing what it can do for your day. So that is number one, breathe. Number two is to plan ahead. Now, it is very hard to not stress out when you are putting everything together at the last minute. I mean, at least it is for me. When I'm running behind or I'm on a time crunch, that worked when I was younger and I was you know, on deadline for a paper or you know, even for my blog, that works, but when I'm running behind for an appointment or we're going to a birthday party and I don't have a present yet, or something like that, that really just piles stress on and makes life way more complicated than it needs to be. If we just take a minute to plan what our week is, plan ahead. Um, I'm working right now on doing that every Sunday. Sunday evenings, I sit down with my notebook, I look at our calendar for the week, and I plan out what is happening later. And it has made a huge difference. Um, It clears my head. It doesn't make me always in reactive mode. I can be proactive and get ahead of something coming up. So really, a few minutes of planning or mapping out what needs to happen can make that process so much more easy, so much easier, sorry, and just that much more fun. So I highly recommend having a way that you can plan ahead. So if that's like me and you sit down on Sunday evenings and you look at your calendar for the week and you map out what's going on or even if with meal planning, I do meal plan. um, And this isn't just meal planning. This is really mapping out uh, what's coming up that week so that you can be prepared. If You have a birthday party coming up on Saturday. You can get a present ahead of time during the week. If you if someone's birthday's coming up, you can get a card in the mail. Um, you know, you can put together that meal plan and decide what you're going to have for dinner every night that week. And that will help you stop from going out to eat. You can look at what's coming up on your schedule and you can schedule those annual health appointments that you need. You know when bills are due and if rent is due or your mortgage is due. You can get those bills paid and honestly, it's pretty much anything we do by taking just five to ten minutes on Sunday evening and looking at your week, it will make your week run so much smoother. So that's tip number two is to plan ahead. Tip number three is to be present. Now you can also look at this as getting rid of multitasking. So the science is in and multitasking is not effective. I mean, especially with things that require your brain to actually be functioning, you can multitask with something that is a mindless task, like folding laundry, because you've folded laundry so many times in your life that you don't actually think about that anymore. So you could pair that with a phone call or watching TV or something that doesn't require a lot of brain power. But if you are trying to write an email and listen to a podcast and research something, you're not going to be able to do any of those things very well. You will not be able to focus. So this is about being present in your everyday life. And then that also does work into multitasking. So I wanted to put in a little sidebar PSA there. But when I'm talking about being present, I want you to think about how you can just be in the moment, now, this could be playing with your kids with 100% of your attention. Now, this has always been a little bit of a struggle for me, especially when I'm busy and I've got 9 million things going on. But I have been very, um, I've been trying very hard to put my phone in a different room or to turn it on do not disturb or to put it away when I am playing with my daughter, especially when we're playing something that requires um, imagination It's so much easier to be more creative and imaginative when I am 100% there with her. So you also want to focus on one thing at a time, whether that is playing with your kids, cooking dinner, um, or focusing on a task at work. When you're thinking about one thing at a time, you can give it all of your focus. And you can just, it's so much more enjoyable for you and the results are better. So I highly recommend just focusing one thing at a time. Something I'm working on is closing my million browser tabs. I am that person that I used to be that person. When you would look at my computer, I would have 50 tabs open at the top. Now, I've gotten much better at it. I still have a few open at a time, Um, but it's something that If I'm trying to really focus and be present, closing those tabs does make a big difference because I focus and I do one thing. Sorry, I'm saying focus a lot. I work on one thing at a time, complete that task, and then move on. And another way you can be present in your life is to just pay attention to the little moments that bring you joy throughout your day. You can take a different um, path to the office. If you drive or if you walk, take a different route. Ask people about their day and and find out what's going well for them. Um, just really pay attention to those little things that bring you joy. The, how hot your coffee is when you sip it. What the taste is like. Um, enjoy a little piece of chocolate. Give yourself those little joys throughout the day and then um, just think about them and be, really be present in that moment. So that's tip number three, be present. Tip number four is to identify your why and decide what's really important to you and your family. Now, this is perfect for when you are having to make a decision to do something or commit to something. Um, If You think about if a task will add or enhance to your life and if it fits with your life priorities or your personal values. Now, if it does, the decision is easy. You can say yes and fully commit and be excited about it. If the answer is no, then you have to determine why you may need to make that commitment or if it makes it easier to walk away. So uh, let's say, for example, you were asked to do something and it just, it's going to make it difficult for you. Let's, let's say you were asked to volunteer at school. Now, it makes it difficult for you because it cuts into your time and your schedule is already super busy. But one of your whys is that you want to be present for your daughter or your child. You um you have the ability, you have the flexibility, and you can do that. Well, you may want to say yes, even though it might be a little difficult, because it does align, align with your values. But then let's say somebody invites you out for coffee, but it's somebody somebody that you, you know, you just don't really get along with them. Maybe they're Debbie Downers, maybe they're just Somebody that kind of drains your energy. Now, you may have a value that says, I want to be kind to people, and saying no is not necessarily mean. And so you have to evaluate whether this is worth it for your time or not? Is it going to add to your life? Is it going to bring value to you? Are you going to be able to be present and add value to that person that's inviting you? So these are the kinds of decisions that you need to identify your why and figure out what's really important for you and then being able to confidently and graciously say no when things do not align with your values. But Knowing what's really important to you and what your top priorities are really does make it much, much easier to make that decision. And things are presented to you on a daily basis. And so it just does really simplify your life and clears up your mind space. And that is what today is all about. So that's tip number four, identify your why and decide what's really important to you. Number five is to practice saying no. This has always been a struggle for me and honestly even just saying no on the podcast you could tell in my voice was a struggle and I know I'm not alone women especially have a problem saying no even when it serves them best to do so now I have been practicing with the phrase if it's not a heck yes then it's a hard no but it has not been easy. Remember, I warned you that simplicity is not the same as easy. I want to be nice to others. I want to be there for them and not let them down. But over the years, I have learned that sometimes saying yes makes things way more complicated for me. So in order to make this change easier and not feel obligated to say yes right there in person on the spot in the moment, my default response is now, sounds interesting. Let me check my calendar and get back to you. The first part changes depending on who I'm talking to. I mean, obviously, if my friend's like, hey, you want to get coffee? I'm not going to say, sounds interesting. <laughs> um, but, you know, so that, that part changes based on who I'm talking to and it can be more familiar and um, just a little bit more cozy. Um, but that second part, that's the magic. That let me check my calendar and get back to you, that is always there. Now, this relieves the pressure That I feel to be agreeable when somebody asks me something, but it still gives me that time to properly evaluate whatever is being asked. So I'm not saying no, and I'm not committing. It's that middle ground where I get to take a step back, look at my calendar, look at what's going on, and evaluate whether this is aligning with my purpose, step number four, or tip number four. And if so, then I can say yes. And if I want to do it, then I can say yes. And if it's not, then it gives me the ability to go back and say, I'm sorry, I don't have time for that right now. Or I, you know, I apologize. That's not something I'm going to be able to commit to at this time. And honestly, I have not had anybody come back to me and say, what are you thinking? And why can't you do it? Nobody's come back to me. Everybody has accepted my no. And that has been a life changer for me. So I recommend practice saying no. Tip number five, if you can't say no and that feels bad to you, say something like, sounds interesting, or just let me check my calendar and get back to you. Practice those words. Let me check my calendar and get back to you. Good job. We will be right back. And now, back to the show. Tip number six is less screen time. So as parents, we limit our daughter's screen time, and I'm sure a lot of you do it too. So why is it that our default setting is to turn on the TV at the end of the day and veg out in front of the screen? Now I'm not just talking about you, I'm super guilty of that. Um, But I have found that when I am purposeful about how much TV I watch, what shows or movies I watch, and make sure to go to bed and read a bit before turning off the lights, I actually sleep better, I feel better the next day, and in turn I'm happier. So it's still crazy to me that it's so difficult to wean myself off of that TV. But it's true, it is. So the trick I'm using is to plan ahead, tip number two from today, and then to use my calendar on my phone to remind me that it's time to get ready for bed. It's not hard to set up those reminders And it does really work. It triggers me to get into the action of getting ready to bed, getting ready for bed, sorry. And it allows me to watch less screen time, watch less TV, spend less time on my phone. At the end of the day, you know, I I try not to play games on the tablet because I'm one of those people that gets a little obsessive. So I try not to even start. And by taking time away from electronics, because I spend a lot of my time on my computer during the day. By turning that off at night, it really does help simplify my life, put me in the right headspace, and it does make my life better. So that's tip number six, less screen time. Tip number seven is to break down your big goals. Now, this one may seem a bit out there on a list for how to simplify your life, but setting goals has been a game changer for me. However, it's not just any goal. I set big goals and then break them down into smaller quarterly, monthly, and weekly goals. So for example, let's say you have a goal of writing a book this year. Well, first, you're gonna break that down into quarterly goals. So let's say in the first quarter, your goal would be to write the book's outline and the first draft. If there were 12 chapters, I would then break that down into four chapters per month and then one chapter per week. The second quarter would consist of editing and reviewing the book. Third quarter could be designing the cover and formatting the book for online publication. The fourth quarter could be marketing the book and getting it distributed. Now, you'd break each of those second, third, and fourth quarterly goals down into monthly and weekly goals, and by the end of the year, you would have taken this big pipe dream of writing a book you break it down into action steps, and it's really gotten done. Now, breaking down larger goals into manageable chunks has really made it much easier for me to achieve things that I've been meaning to do for a long, long time, but they just seemed too big and too hard when you had that big goal at the, at the top, right? This simplifies your life because you are able to get these ideas out of your head, turn them into those action items, which creates a positive loop, it's cleaning the space out of your head, and it's making you feel better about yourself. See? Simplicity. So that's tip number seven. Break down your big goals. Tip number eight is try a capsule wardrobe. I could talk about the benefits of a capsule wardrobe forever and in fact I discussed how to create one in episode 15 so I'll make sure to leave a link uh, for that in the show notes so you can check that out too if you want. But this is probably one of the quickest ways to add simplicity to your life as you will feel the impact every single morning. Now the key to an awesome capsule wardrobe with tons of options is to make sure one you love all the items in your closet. If you don't love it and you don't feel great in it, you must get rid of it. And two, everything in your wardrobe needs to mix and match with at least two other pieces in your wardrobe. Once you have a wardrobe that you feel comfortable with, getting dressed in the morning is a breeze and it may feel limiting at first, but I promise that people are not noticing that you have reduced how many things you own and wear. They only notice if you wear the same shirt every day. Okay, I've had that experience, where people have pointed that out to me because they know I'm into capsule wardrobes and they've pointed out that other people are wearing the same shirt every day and we've come to the thing that well that's probably just their wardrobe they probably do own more than just one of that shirt but honestly it doesn't make people think any less of them so if you're really concerned with it just make sure you're wearing different clothes um, or different shirts and different colors and patterns um, and not the exact same wardrobe every day but if you don't care Wear the same wardrobe every day, it makes life much easier. I also want to point out that you probably have already been practicing with a capsule wardrobe without even realizing it. Think about the last time you went on vacation. You were limited by your suitcase, weren't you? And how did it feel to get ready every day? Probably pretty great, and it was probably pretty easy. So creating a capsule wardrobe is just like going on vacation. Okay, maybe not quite, but you get the idea, right? So that's tip number eight. Try a capsule wardrobe. Tip number nine is to create food stations. So what is that? Well, for all of you moms out there with school-aged children, the number one food station you need is a lunch station. Just this morning, I forgot to make my daughter's lunch because I had to iron something, which is completely out of my normal routine. And so I didn't remember until we were grabbing her backpack to head out the door. Well, thankfully for me, I have a lunch station set up, so I was able to quickly gather all of the items in a minute or two, and we were not late to school. So how do I set up our lunch station? Well, first, I put her lunch box on top of the refrigerator, and then, so that's step number one. I'll pull that down first, and then I have her ice pack and her frozen yogurt tubes. I put them right next to each other in the freezer, so that's what I do first. I grab the lunch box off, I put in the ice pack, and then the frozen yogurt tube. Second are the refrigerated stuff and so Right now, she's into Lunchables. There are some other kids um, that she has lunch with that are into these. So a few days a week, she'll take those. Today, I popped one of those in because we were running late. Other days, I'll make a Lunchable-type lunch anyway in a compartmentalized lunchbox, plastic lunchbox system. And so it'll have meat, cheese, a Hawaiian roll, um, fruit, and a treat. Now, all of those items are stored together in my refrigerator. So it's easy for me to grab those things and put them in her container. Some people will make their meals um, for the whole week. I actually just do it every day because it doesn't take me long and we do it while we're having breakfast and chatting in the kitchen. And then the last stop on my lunch station are for the non refrigerated items and those I keep neatly in a snack drawer. So um, those her I add in her healthy snack. Um, actually, to, today it was tomatoes and cheese, so that was refrigerated. And then those extras for us are those. Um, today she had a fig bar and applesauce. Now those, like I said, those refrigerated items, non-refrigerated items, they're in a snack drawer. So we just grab them quickly and she can grab them too when she's hungry and after school and on weekends. So it makes it easy for her to have that. It's multi-purpose for us there, but it's also easy for me to grab those things and I don't have to hunt around for them. I don't have to open packages. Everything's already stacked in there in um, acrylic bins actually. If you don't have school-aged children, My other favorite food stations in my home are my coffee station. So making my coffee is really easy because all of the things I need are close together. And another thing we have are then the snack drawer for our whole family. So um, I have one drawer for my daughter's snacks and then I have one drawer for my husband's. And so ours are filled with like granola bars, nuts, um, crackers, popcorn, things like that. Um, Things that we can just grab quickly When we're also heading out the door, maybe we're going for a hike or something, we want to grab a bar or, you know, we know we're not going to be able to get, you know, a good lunch. So we'll just grab something on our way out the door. And it makes it so much easier for all of us. So the idea here really is to put like things together and in the same place so that everyone knows where things are and that they can get them quickly. So for me, that is tip number nine to create Food stations. And our final tip today, tip number 10 for how to add simplicity in your life in 2020, is to unsubscribe from emails. Now, if you're weird like me and you still want to see these emails, um, maybe you're doing some research for something or they have really good information in them, but you're just not in a place right now where you can digest that information, you can set up filters and filter those to skip your inbox and go into a folder that you have set up for them. I have a ton of these and it really is helpful because there's a certain day where I can go back in um, and sometimes on like a Sunday morning when I have a few extra minutes, I will go back and read some of these emails from people uh, in their newsletters and things like that and get the information that I need, but it's on my terms. So if that is not something you want to do and you don't want to set up these folders, I would really encourage you to unsubscribe from any emails that are not making you feel fantastic or that just make you feel just that you're not enough or that you just you need to be doing more or that you're just not measuring up and they just don't make you feel good. Get rid of those emails, please. Go to the bottom. It's super simple. The next time someone, one comes into your email box, just go right to the bottom and hit unsubscribe. And if you ever feel that way about my emails, please feel free to do the same. I'm not saying that, you know, get rid of everybody else and keep mine. If I'm not adding value to you and I'm, you know, not something that you need to be reading on a regular basis right now, go ahead and unsubscribe. You can always add us back later um, when it's a better time. But this really is all about you and what is making your life better and what makes it more what's just makes life simpler for you and often we say yes to these emails because we want something that somebody's offering us and then we just never get rid of them we never kick them out of our in- inbox and your inbox is a precious place for you and so many of us check our emails and we're just kind of trained to want to know what's in there so Just Let it go and you will not miss it. Trust me. I went on a kick in January and a lot of people do. I went on a kick in January and unsubscribed from a ton of email lists and I don't miss them. It's not something that makes me feel less. It actually just adds more to my life to not have these things constantly in my head. I feel like it's just an ever-growing to-do list. And so that has been really helpful is just getting rid of those emails that don't add value to my life and where I am at this point. Um, so that is tip number 10, unsubscribe from emails. And that wraps up today. Those are our 10 ways to add simplicity to your life this year. And I would love to know what you think about it. So. I have a question for you. Which of these are you going to implement first? So there were 10 tips here. Are you doing any now? Are there some that you um, that were new for you today? Come over and tell me in the Facebook group. I do have a free Wannabe Minimalist Facebook group, and I would love for you to share your thoughts on today's episode. I'm super excited to hear from you, and I really want to help encourage you on your journey toward less stuff, more happiness, a simpler and awesome life. And I think these tips from today can really help you do that. So I really want you to jump on over there and just let me know more about you. It's a super fun group. We've got a lot of activity going on in there, and it's totally free. You can find us by either clicking on the link that I will leave in the show notes or you can search for us under Wannabe Minimalist on Facebook. And I want to meet you there, and I want to hear about your journey, and I want to help you. Honestly, learning from all of you is one of my favorite things, so I really do hope I see you there. And that wraps up today's episode. Next week, we're going to be discussing a topic called Swedish death cleaning. It's not as morbid as it sounds, and if you've heard of it, then you already know that. But if you don't, please come back here next week to check it out. I think it can really help a lot of us that are um, in this point in life where we have children um, that we are raising and then we have parents that we are um, interacting with as adults and in this uh, kind of sandwich generation. Um, So I think that you'll find it very interesting um, and so I hope you'll join us here next week. All right, cheers.